0: The story of Noah's Ark is first taught to us as kids when we learn about the happy version of bringing the animals two by two as Noah builds an arky arky. As adults, if we interrogate this story a bit, it becomes much bleaker. The story of an unsympathetic God who wipes out all creation because there is no good to be found in it. The truth though, lies in both these interpretations. God is the God of both the rainbow and the rain. This scripture comes up during Lent as part of a series of stories about the covenants God makes with the world. This is leading up to Christ's fulfillment of God's covenants and the creation of the new covenant that forever saves us through grace alone. The Noahic, Abrahamic, Mosaic, and Davidic covenants are not just precursors to the real deal though. God's covenant with God's people spans throughout the history of our world, continuously reminding us of God's commitment to love and relationship. Christ's death and resurrection become the new covenant that promises that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God but we're not there in this season yet. The covenant with Noah is particularly significant because it is not bound to a certain group of people or even a certain type of living being, nor does it require an action of ours in return. God promises to every living creature to never cut us off from life or to abandon us. God's covenant with Noah feels particularly relevant and important in this season. We have been in a sea of chaos for the past year now, oftentimes feeling like there is no land in sight. These feelings of fear, isolation, and despair are appropriate, and I imagine that Noah and his family probably felt similarly on their own journey. When the rain's had stopped and the floods still surrounded them. Noah sent out a dove to see if it could find dry land. The first flight was to no avail. Imagine what Noah must have felt when the bird came back with nothing. Perhaps you felt similarly after the first two weeks or two months of quarantine didn't flatten the curve after all. But then, the dove comes back with an olive branch, a small sign that life was ahead. And the third time, the dove had found a safe place to land and did not come back at all. What hope it would have required of Noah to continue sending the dove out over the waters. Amidst the difficulties and destruction before him, Noah continued to trust in God's redemption. Perhaps in our own story, the vaccine is the olive branch, a sign of a return to safety. We have not made it out of these waters yet, but we trust that there is new life to come. We are invited in this season to hold fast to God's promise that God will not cut us off from all that gives us life. This does not mean that bad things will not happen. We know that that is not true. Rather, as Ryan Bonfiglia writes, God promises us life after loss, hope after destruction. God does not abandon us, but instead remembers all creation and continues to claim it as God's beloved. We experience floods throughout our lifetimes, not just in this era of COVID-19. Death, divorce, loss of job, relationships, struggles, and even circumstances outside of our control like natural disasters, all can lead to this feeling of being lost in chaos. We have an opportunity though to see the chaos as a wilderness moment And to witness God's presence in its midst. The wilderness invites us to reflect and wrestle before coming home. We are stripped bare and asked to start over, letting go of that which was holding us back from receiving God's love. We are not lost, even if we do not know where we are headed, but rather called to trust in God's redemptive love and in the possibility of new life to come. The story of Noah's Ark is a reverse creation story of sorts. God undoes the creation that we read about in Genesis 1, taking away the plants and animals and reversing the separation of the land and the sea. But even in this reversal, creation is not destroyed. We do not return to the dark void. From this deconstruction comes a recreation of the world. It is not perfect or devoid of evil, but in it comes a remembrance and a recommittal to God's presence in the creative world. As we reflect on our own flood stories, I invite each of us to ask, if the flood is a means of recreation, how are we continually being given opportunities to recreate relationship with one another and with God? The change of seasons is always a good time to reflect on this changing world. And I find that the change from winter to spring be particularly insightful. We go from the bitter cold and ice of winter to the new life of spring. Today, as we rest on the cusp of spring's new creation, I am reminded of the already but not yet nature of God's kingdom here on earth. Just last week, we could not move because of the ice and snow on the ground. And yet, today, The sun is shining, and we are filled with new hope of the coming spring. There is life hidden beneath our feet, waiting to burst forth when the time is right. The winter wilderness leads us to new life, even when we cannot yet see it. Our world is continually dying, creating, dying, and being born again. Each day, a new opportunity for life and for connection with God. This continual connection to the resurrection story offers us a sign of hope. Our scripture today reminds us to continue to hope and to trust that God is with us through the difficulties of life. God tells Noah seven different times that God is establishing this covenant. God promises to all living creatures on this earth never again to wipe out the earth, giving us the rainbow as a reminder to us and to God that creation is holy. Let this scripture serve as a reminder too though that God is not pleased with the selfishness and injustice of this world for that was the reason of the flood in the first place. But perhaps God's redemption and promise of a future are a mark of God's confidence in our ability to work towards good life together. God created this world and called it good, and we are given the opportunity to work together with God to continually recreate it and make it so. In this Lenten season... We are still in the midst of the flood, the wilderness, the winter. We know, though, that dry land is on the horizon. Easter is coming. I invite you to look for the rainbows, those small signs of life to come, of God's presence with us, and of the promise that despair always has hope tied to it. May this be an invitation to let go of that which is death-dealing and to work alongside God in the re-creation of this world. Amen.
1: As we come to our time of prayers of the people, I invite you to take a moment to stretch, either where you're sitting or take a moment to stand up and stretch and take a deep breath. Breath prayers can be calming and energizing. Breath prayers can be for ourselves and for others. Breathe in peace, Breathe out worry. Today we pray for all who are exhausted and working long hours. All who are caregiving and care receiving. All who are being left out and are lonely. All who carry regret and shame. Breathe in peace. Breathe out worry. Now I invite you to take the deepest breath that you've taken all day. Breathe in trust. Breathe out hope. let us continue to be grounded in trust and anchored in hope as we boldly pray together our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts
0: I invite you now to continue those deep breaths as you get into a comfortable seated position if you are not already and perhaps you open your hands to receive all that God is giving us in this day and clear your mind as together we reflect on this poem like Noah's raven and the dove that is written by Andrea Skevington. Let us listen together. Can I let hope fly? Send out birds to brood and hover over the chaos, like Noah with the raven and the dove? For too long, there has been nothing on the horizon, no fixed point on the earth's endless circle. How would you ever know if the water was falling or rising? So can I now find courage to cup birds in unsteady hands? raven black, dove white, and throw them upwards one by one? To let fly a dark hope, even though there is nowhere for it to rest, even though it returns like a gift that comes back unopened. Can I try again and again, in case something living and growing has pierced the water until finally a gentle bird does not return? Until at last there is somewhere other than this poor boat for it to land. May I have such birds to release. May I let them fly like Noah with the raven and the dove.